two, one. Here we go. Here we go. Is that a bourbon uh, hey county? Guys. Uh, welcome to episode 132, because we don't talk out of order here of CMD Towers, Bruce and Bill. I'm his number five, and my fellow host will meet his utter end if he interrupts me again, Big Tuck. I actually had a completely different bit. That one worked better. Don't you, listen, listen, don't you ever interrupt me ever again. Is that a Bourbon and County? Yes, though? it is, is it, a Bourbon it, County Cola. It's a cola. Isn't that good? It was a little. I have never had it. So uh, well, we'll here, cheers. I I'm having a uh, I'm having a Voodoo Ranger uh, Imperial IPA myself here. Oh, oh oh god! What you don't like it? Oh god! If you guys are watching on YouTube, uh, is this that's a, a face of disgust? You don't oh, like that it? Was bad. Oh, that was bad. Oh, that's, that's thick. That's like a twenty. That's plus. like that's like a twenty dollar bottle. And also, before I forget, oh. no. So listen. You need to go get yourself a glass and pour it into that. It's not you're not supposed to drink it out of the bottle. It's supposed to be drinking like a bourbon or a scotch or something like that. That's why it's the well. Bourbon you know bourbon. what? How about I just do that? And now here I am with a glass, magically so, with a glass. Uh, so yeah, big, pour it in there. Big let tuck. It, let it sit. I was just gonna let it sit. Let it sit for a minute, and then just like it's like a sipper, right? It's like a, a good glass of rum. It is Ooh, a thick boy. This- I'm about to say that thing came out like sludge. You because you have had there was a time where I brought some for us to share and you liked it quite a bit, but it was just the diesel version. I huh. I'm not a huge fan of that cola version either. That was my least favorite of the varietals from this year. But interesting. Uh, I don't have a lot to report on because I've just been in full rugby mode. But uh, I wanted to tell you this. I sent you that picture with me with the huge contusion from last Saturday, right? Correct. Um, correct. We played our first. Rug- I played my first rugby game in 13 years. I am now just getting over being really sore. I've gone to the chiropractor twice since then. Uh, but literally, the- there we go. Thank just you. Good for you. Uh, I was also I was also a man of the match, so that was very exciting. Um, but the contusion came from literally first game of the play. Right, I was like, I had so much coffee, and I was really nervous because I'm an old man and I'm just sore all the time. I was really nervous. I was like shaky, right? Like just. Ha- I was just full. It's not much better out of the glass. <laughs> ah, keep going. I'll so just suffer through. I was just, I was just shaky and everything. And literally, first play of the game, they're like, "Royals, are you ready?" Uh, Johnson County or Johnson City, are ready? Tweet. Ball gets kicked out. Right. It's like I was like, "God damn it!" It's coming straight for me. <laughs> so I was like, "I got it! I got it! I got it!" Grab it. Turn. Go downfield. Someone squares down to tackle me, and I was like, "Okay, I think I still got this, Mister Come." I'm not gonna lie to you. I literally tucked in shoulder down and put my head out like this. And he put his head down and I, it was like, bam, head on head contact. And I knocked this guy into the shadow realm. Like I put him back to the, I put him back to the command zone, like to the point where I was worried. Like he got up and he was looked like he was, he looked like he had amnesia and the game was still going on. Cause there's no breaks. And I was trying to be like, Sir, like, Captain, like, this guy needs help as this guy literally just wanders away, like, slowly wanders away towards, towards away from the field, right? And the worst part was we were already playing down three people because you, you're supposed to have 15 people on a team. We only had 12. They only had 12. So, luckily, someone who was on their injured reserve got to boot up and come out. But literally, first play of wow. the game in my first rugby game in 13 years, I knocked someone like into exile. It was incredible. Wow. Um, then we ended up losing uh, like 55 to five, but anyways, I did my best. Jesus. 55 to five. We, we had no, like 
we had maybe three people that were playing that were under 250 pounds. Like everyone was a forward. There was no back line. So they had oh. the opposite. They only had back line. So once the ball got out, we just didn't have anyone fast enough to like chase him down. So I got gotcha, you. It was gotcha. still really fun. I was a monster out there. Uh, we have a double header this weekend that I'm hoping to break more schools in. So I'm assuming <laughs> that your last week and weekend has been significantly less violent than mine. Uh, that would be correct. Uh, probably the most exciting thing that we've done is last week and yesterday we've uh, escalated the wedding planning stuff. So oh, right. we got to do a cake testing uh, tasting last week. Uh, so we settled on the cake flavor. What's kind of weird? Pink champagne. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Does it taste kind of like? Does it taste like one of those like confetti kind of cakes? Like, is it kind of like over? Not really. No. Not really. That's that's the weird thing. I actually just felt like it tasted like a standard vanilla wedding cake. Um, my fiance though said she could taste like a little bit of difference. She said it was almost like a little, a uh, little bit more moist. So oh, it just, you know, like went really well. So, uh, that was great. And then yesterday we actually did the dinner tasting with uh, a few of your yes. fellow groomsmen, um, and a couple of the uh, bridesmaids. And that was awesome. Our chef, uh, his nickname is C2K, uh, <laughs> chef Chris, cause he's done over 2000 weddings. No way. Yeah, wow. so he's chef. Uh, he's C two K. Um, he's awesome. He he. Uh, we were like sitting there chatting, and the Godfather. You know the Godfather. He was just like, yeah, like so. We got some beers or something. Like, what's going on? <laughs> just like being himself. And the guy's like, I don't know. Let me see what I can wrangle up. And then he just comes up with a bucket of Yinglings. Whoa. He and he was Wait. like, yeah, he's just went for my personal stash, and uh, he gave the girls quirks. And yeah, he we just like shared some yinglings and quirks with the guy and like tried the food and chatted. It was awesome. Did you ask him where he got the yinglings? You can't get those in Kansas City. He smuggled them in like everyone else. Nice. Uh, but the thing that was the most exciting from the tasting is um, my stepdad side of the family is uh, Southern Italian, uh, Sicilian. And, uh, you know, Italian food has been very prominent in my uh, upbringing. Anytime sure. we'd go to his side of the family. And so my great great grandmother, Grandma Connie, she was the one straight from Italy, uh, or great grandmother, Grandma Connie, uh, she taught my current grandma, uh, Grandma Sherry, who's my stepdad's mom, uh, how to make these things called arancinis, or what we call in our family, rongini's. Uh, if you were trying to look it up, A R A N I C I, I think is how you spell it. It's basically like a fried rice meatball. Ooh. That you kind of like toss in marinara. The inside yeah. filling usually has like cheeses and different stuff like that. So I actually gave him my great grandmother's recipe and I was like, hey, I'd love it if you could make this for our cocktail hour. Wow. Dude, sure enough, he made them and even made the recipe better. Really? That's awesome. Yep. Uh, wait, yeah, so it was so cool. So can you let me in on what I'm to be expecting? for the menu or is that secret yeah. offline chat no no it's not secret chatter uh for the cocktail hour which hopefully we get to partake in because that's just probably when we're taking pictures uh it'll be arancinis it'll be uh tometa bruschetta and then it's going yum, to yum, be yum. uh he actually makes chicken banh mi in like egg roll form Ooh, so love bomb. we're gonna have those uh for dinner we're gonna have Two sides, uh, roasted Italian vegetables, and then uh, roasted potatoes. For the main courses, we're going to have a prime rib uh, 
uh, cut station. We're going to have a barbacoa or um, carne asada taco station. And then we're going to have blackened uh, pan-seared salmon. We're going to have this uh, chicken cilantro lime dish is the best way I can describe it. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I think that... I mean, it sounds incredible. And then for dessert, oh, we yeah, have the cake. like a salad. Yeah. Yeah, so dessert, that's the cake. And then we're kind of toying around with, do we want to do like a milk and cookies bar? Yeah. Would we want to do uh, you know something else? Or do we just want to say, fuck it, everyone's fine with cake. And if the people don't eat cake, it's probably because they don't like dessert. Yeah, um, I think that's totally so. fine. I like... I don't really eat that much at weddings because I'm too busy drinking. So like I usually have like a plate or two and then I skip dessert. So uh, no, that sounds incredible. What a feast. Yeah. It's a feast. It's going to be a feast, man. Yeah. Our uh, chef Chris or C2K was very, because we, we were kind of concerned about some of the choices that we picked food wise. He's like, guys, let me tell you, you got a lot of food. <laughs> it was just like, oh, all right. <laughs> it's always more than you think. Yeah. Well, guys, thanks for tuning in to the episode. Um, And this would not be possible without our amazing patron supporters. So if you'd like to support us, head over to patreon.com slash CMD tower. Dollar, five dollars, 15 and twenty five dollars are our four different pledge levels. And it can get you a variety of different benefits. The one that's most exciting that Tuck and I are recording after this is that if you join any of them, you get entered in to be a part of the collective diagnosis where every three months we reach out to a select 10 patrons and give them a topic that they would like to either write a little mini paragraph or even record themselves educating the community about said topic could be a weird niche thing that you didn't think of, or it could be warning people don't fall into it. It's a trap. Uh, so yeah, definitely go support us on Patreon because we would really support it. Now, if you're already a patron member, a member of the collective, as we like to call you, and you have someone you'd like to refer to the community, just cmdtower.com uh, and make sure that they message us whoever referred them. If it was you, if it was a friend of me, don't really care. We want to reward our existing patron members with free swag and just, you know, things to say thank you because if you're spending the time to talk about our channel, then I think you deserve to be rewarded for it. Now, if you can't afford to do our patron or you'd like to pick up some of our exclusive swag, head over to cmdtower.com slash merch. We do have our foil playmat for sale. We do have the sweaters. Uh, Yes, uh, one thing that you guys will want to be aware of is we are expanding where we're selling our merch to, to like eBay, Etsy, different stuff like that. So if that's more convenient and easier for you to purchase through that vehicle, just type in CMD Tower. It's going to come up. Uh, But... We uh, are always wanting to bring this great swag to you guys at great prices. So please go get that stuff out of Redacted Bit. And of course, the last thing we got to remind you guys about is our amazing sponsor um, or partnership, one could call it, at abyssproxyshop.com. Tuck, we have an update. We've just completed month two of our sponsorship. Sales and community, seriously, guys, thank you, uh, went up a thousand percent almost. No way! Yeah. Uh, wow. So, you know, now, of course, if people are confused by the business lingo, that just means 10x. It went up by 10 times. Uh, so, yeah, uh, in the month of March, we had, well, uh, I think it was like 300 plus dollars in referrals sales from the community. So, guys, That's thank incredible. you for going to the guys and, and ordering it. And, of course, the weekly bit. Tuck, what's your cart look like? Non-existent. Uh, I am actually registering my pad. I'm registering right now because I was like, wait, what did I put in my cart? 
and it's gone. <laughs> it's all gone. So I have to start from scratch. And uh, the biggest thing, guys, that I want to leave you with, abyssproxyshop.com, is it's code CMD Tower that gets you 10% off your order. It's a stackable discount code with any other promos that they have going on. And the best secret on the site that's not clearly advertised, type in custom card in the search bar. And you will find a listing. When you click said listing, there will be a link in there to show all the custom art that they have done for the entire community. You guys can even go play test out my entire Najila Mystical Archive deck or even my Game of Thrones five color deck. So definitely go support them because you doing that directly supports us. So Bruza Builds is our deck tech series. As we conquer the path to 32, the 12 themes of EDH decks, we have moved on to classic brew form with day one brews and builds. Uh, we describe the brewing of decks similar to how beer is brewed. So to make it simple, we broke it down to four different categories. The first one's ramp and setting your board state. We call that grains. And grains are the foundation of every beer. They include both base malts and specialty malts, usually about a 60 to 40 ratio. This helps with the color, the taste, and most importantly, Mr. Combo, the alcohol content of that 14 or 20 percenter that you're drinking. I wish I was there so I could drink it instead of you. Decks always need ways to grow, stabilize, and ramp into your bigger threats. <laughs> Just like a grown profile, they're usually a mix of staples and specialty cards. It's a stout, like too. A you, like, you like those. You like This is the kind of beer you like. I'm telling you, man, I feel like a cat that like licked his asshole <laughs> and like, there was something I wasn't expecting. And it's just like, ah, but like, I keep going back to it. Like the cat knows that it's asshole is yeah. disgusting. Like I know this beer is disgusting, but I keep going back. Yeah, and why wouldn't, more. why wouldn't you, <laughs> uh, how does your board interact with all of your opponents and what strategies they're implementing? We call that hops and hops give the beer its patented bitterness and herbal floral flavors grow in a variety of strands, help distinguish subcategories like this Imperial IPA. Our op choices help clear interact with the board so your deck can ultimately do what it wants. And then we have, how does your deck close out, win the game, or actually accomplish its strategy? We call that yeast. And yeast are the living microorganisms that eat the sugar from the grain and poop out alcohol and CO2. It adds the alcohol content and the carbonation. Without yeast, you'd be drinking flat sugar water. And without yeast cards, your deck wouldn't meet the goal of actually winning the game. And then we have an area that just seems like it gets smaller and smaller every episode. Shenanigans, <laughs> pet cards, synergies, stuff that's just kind of fun. Uh, we call that spice. Which doesn't make a lot of sense in this deck. Uh, there's a couple in here that feel like you just did a meme and put them in here because you needed something here to talk about. So I respect that. Game recognized game. Uh, not every beer has these either, but spice doesn't add a self-separated normal stock beer for especially one. It could be the amount of hops they add in uh, to make this into an Imperial IPA or the addition of cola in the uh, barrels that are used to ferment that cola-based Imperial IPA or the cola-based bourbon barrel stout that you have. Not every deck has something that makes it pop, but if it does, is where we talk about it. And then to wrap up, this pretty little episode, we do have a bottle capping, which are going to be recommendations to the deck that are going to be around under five bucks, under $50, and a no budget recommendation. The only restriction is we can't talk about mana only lands. So without further ado, let's get brewing. We're very excited this month, guys. Um, this episode and the following three are going to be building up to an epic game changing Whoa. event that maybe 20 of you will watch. Uh, on May 2nd, 2022 at 8.30 Eastern Standard Time, uh, we will be having our bi-weekly Twitch stream. And what's going to be very cool about this is Big Tuck, myself, our very own Marketing Ross, which you've seen his artwork on our foil playmats, our Big Tuck Monarch token, Squeamy Geek coin, or Mr. Combo Reminder token. 
and Commander Cookout's Brando to do something I've been talking about with our friend group. I've mentioned it a little bit in our Discord. We're doing a partner, non-partner, partner legendary challenge. With no so, limitations before we get into this, which is... Like, well, <laughs> the standard EDH ban list still Correct. applies. yes. Yeah, so you couldn't do anything on the ban list, Standard but rules everything well. else went out the door. You, you have to be in the commander of color identity and all that. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yep. So I've always been frustrated, and I've echoed it many times on this channel. We need more four-color options, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Tired yeah. of us getting a five-color option in every damn set <laughs> and never getting a four-color option. Um, and I don't want to hear, oh, four-color is harder to, to design. No, it's not. Do your five-color, remove a color, and you're yeah, fucking you're done. Yeah, you're after the races. Simple. So I thought it would be cool because everyone always says, oh, it'd be too broken if all commanders had partner with uh, or partner. So we're doing a challenge. So the next this episode of the next three bruising builds are all going to be about each of the decks that we are going to pilot on stream Mar May 2nd, 2022 at 830 Eastern Standard Time. With this being my idea, I had been brewing this before everyone else, so I knew I could have it prepared in time. <laughs> We are talking Joyra Breaks the Mold with Athreos. <clears throat> uh, this was loosely talked about on MTG Action 4 News last week, uh, with Murpha saying this is the one that got him the most excited. So, Big Tuck, why don't you read who Athreos is and does? Sure. And then I'll talk about Joyra, and I'll talk about then why I settled on this color pairing and these commanders for this challenge. So as for those who don't know, Atheros God of Passage is a 5-4 legendary enchantment creature god that's a mythic coming in for around 8 bucks. For a colorless and Orzob, that's a white and a black, it is indestructible, and then it also has the god clause, as long as your devotion to white and black is less than 7, Atheros isn't a creature. But more importantly, and most importantly, it states whenever another creature you own not controls, which is interesting, interesting, Return. <laughs> Wait, what? Whenever yeah, another you, it, it, creature you own, own. So you can't theft someone's creature and then get it back. I see. That. I never yeah. realized that actually. Um, because you would, I guess, because normal. Well, yeah, well, think about it. No, Anytime like, you ever yeah. flicker, yeah, you can't theft something to your hand. Right, That's right, right, what right. Arena is trying to do. Right, right. And then also, I was realized that like that never came up because there's no theft effects in Orzov. So, or they're from the <laughs> graveyard, I suppose. Whenever another creature you own, uh, you own dies, return it to your hand unless target opponent pays three life. And partnered with it is Joyra of the Gitu. Uh, this is usually universally known as the Chaos Commander. Sure. Uh, you know, a lot of people look at it that way. I know our friend uh, Dennis built his Joyra deck that way. So colorless is it. That's going to be a blue and a red. It's a 2-2 legendary creature, human wizard, and it's a rare. Two colorless, exile a non-land card from your hand. Put four time counters on the exiled card. If it doesn't have suspend, it gains suspend. Now, Suspend Guys is a mechanic that at the beginning of your upkeep, you remove a time counter from each card that has Suspend, and when the last time counter is removed, you immediately cast it without paying its mana cost, and if it's a creature, it also has Haste, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. I think a lot of people kind of miss that. So, here's the biggest reason I fell on this color pairing. It's the Brea Color Pie. It's the one four-color pairing I have yet to build, because it's literally so boring. I think all the partner yeah. options suck. Brea sucks. They haven't made anything since then, uh, unless I wanted to do a five color and just take out green. Sure. So that's why I settled on this for this challenge. And that's why actually I've been a bit ad big advocate for this is like, this will help me build. Colors <laughs> I'll that have one. Available. I can actually yeah. want to play. 
now here's the cool tech with this. Um, I was trying to pick commanders that were uh, two of the four colors each. I didn't want to do one where it was three and one or have overlapping. I didn't want to do that. Right. Uh, because I felt if I had it even divided evenly, I should always have an equal chance to cast either commander. And for this deck, either commander is going to be good. Like, it's going to do what we want to do. Because my thought on this is Joyer of the Get-To, her big thing is we're going to suspend big, nasty boys. Your Shieldreds of the world, your Kazis of the world, stuff like that. Well, people see that, and they kill that shit ASAP, because they got four <laughs> turns to plan for it. Uh, so the thought was, okay, I get to cast this stuff, sure, for two mana and four turns, but then they're going to blow it up with the best removal card in Murder. Of course. And that's where <laughs> Athreos comes in, because now when my creature dies, do you want to have had just wasted your removal spell, and do you want to get lightning bolted? If you do... Well, the creature goes to the graveyard and the rest of the deck will get to it when we get to it. But the ideal situation is people are saying, you know what? No, I don't want to pay the three life because it is target opponent. So I can't pick on people. Sure. And then it goes to hand. Yes, it was a nine mana creature, but then I'll pay two, suspend it again. We'll continue the train. So Athreos kind of gives me this beautiful situation of either my opponents don't do it. It goes back to hand. I resuspend it. What my deck wants, or it goes to the graveyard. They got bolted for three and I still have other ways to bring it back. So I thought it would just be this cool way of kind of aristocratic, kind of graveyard recursion, but really it's just going to be smash and face in the red zone. And if you want to remove stuff, it's going to cost you to do so. So I don't have the same level of inspiration that you did for this challenge, but Oddly enough, your deck has inspired me to build something. I feel <laughs> like you have built the deck. This deck includes, I think, literally every card that you like that I hate. I literally let really. What are you talking about? Look at the build. Look at the price tag. It's literally okay. The price tags because of the lands. Okay, I, sure. I which while we're there is forty three hundred to six thousand, depending on where you're buying it from on TCG Player. But literally, it has every single card that I don't like that you love, right? Like. I, I don't love that spice card. The very first card in spice. No, no, no. The spice is fine. With. I don't really care about the spice, uh, except for one oh, of the okay. spice. You run your favorite co two card combo, obviously, but I get it. It's for not going infinite. It's for casting the creatures in case something goes wrong. I understand that. So I was like, okay, fine, whatever. But literally, it's just every other Kai powered EDH card that you like that you just slapped into this deck with like a few here or there that are non payoff cards. So, like, that's my thought. I think this deck is. I. My only real thing with this deck is I think Joyra, if Joyra is kind of like Zur in and of herself, where it's like, you could be like, guys, listen, I know you're going to want to kill me yeah. immediately, right? But I'm telling you, I'm just here to have fun. We're not, I'm not casting these giant behemoths and cheating around it. That's how I look. That's how I felt when I first went through this. But like, you are playing the version of Joyra that everyone is going to kill immediately. <laughs> so I, I have a feeling that as soon as we get, <laughs> look, I'm not going to say it's going to be an exact repeat of the last time you're on stream where you just sat around for a while. I'm just saying you need to be ready for that. This is an arch enemy deck through and through, which is fine. Because, fair, fair. Because, and also, as you've said in the past, you are always the arch enemy at the table for no reason. Very well, true. Not always for no reason, but you just are. So you might as well build around that and build something that's going to punish people for attacking you or for even deciding to play this game with you. Now, you you do have to agree, though, I did hold a lot of restraint. If I really wanted to make this deck, like, upsetting, 
because a lot of people forget that Joyra, because a lot of people always just do big disgusting creatures. Right. It does say non-land card from your hand. Right, right. So I didn't do any of the extra turn stuff. I didn't Very do true. expropriate. Yeah. Yep, that's true. Could that's, have been a lot that's worse. That's fair. And I think like there could be... I, I'm inter- there's there's a couple cards in here that I think are going to be really interesting that people aren't going to see coming um, mm-hmm. or aren't going to know how to deal with that are going to accelerate you. Um, I do think that there is an option. There's there is a potentiality of this of you playing this and Joyra gets killed so many times that you don't even get to do suspend with it. And then you're just waiting till later to play these haymakers. But that being said. I do have to give you credit because this is a Mr. Combo deck through and through. No two if and thoughts about it. This has this has your fingerprint your fingerprints in your mouth and your breath all over it. So I got I gotta I gotta respect the game there. And I'll say from a color perspective from a mana distribution, my mana is about perfect 25% each. I almost built the deck to be a perfect 25% of each color as well. I didn't even pick up on that. Really, it's just, you know, my blue slightly overtakes black, but my red's about on par 25%. White's about on par 25%. I don't think I've seen a deck that's like that. Especially out of the gates. And again, like you're running fetch lands and and duels and all this other stuff. So I'm guessing that won't be an issue. Especially, it's also kind of a misnomer because everything just costs two in your deck, right? It costs two colorless. So the triple pits and stuff like that aren't going to be as too hard to get around. Yeah, and the last thing that I do want to point out, guys, because Athreos is the big thing with the deck. That's my big graveyard recursion engine that can help me get resuspended. I have 23 creatures in the deck. I did want to highlight I have 18 artifacts in here, yes. and almost all of it is some form of ramp. When I was when I'm doing these colors, I found the only way to ramp was via artifacts for the most part. Um and that was, I don't know, it felt a little boring to do that. There wasn't a whole lot of stuff to go get lands out of the library. There are some that I didn't put in here on purpose, like treasure map. Yeah, but sure. I don't know. Like, do you think there's a better way to ramp in your tiller, uh, stupid ass name, uh, <laughs> than just doing artifact ramp? Like, like you could play dumb shit like dreamscape artists that like you sacrifice something, go get two lands or something like that. Mm. But the prop, but the pro like you, you, but you have to work for it. Right. And you're already running yeah. the white good cards that like white has a lot of like incidental ramp cards that you could run. Um, the problem is, is that you need to have that ramp in here in case you can't do your suspend thing. Right. Yeah. Cause you actually have fair. to play these giant haymakers. <laughs> and it's so funny. Cause it's like, your mana curve is like zero through four. It's a bunch of stuff, right? The two is almost exclusively artifacts. And then there's a giant, then literally no five, and then six through 12, right? So yep. Hell you're gonna, yeah. You're going to need to have that. You're going to need to have that ramp out there to, to at least play this game if you can't do the suspend gimmicks that you're trying to get at. So that's very fair. Um, well, the last thing I'll leave you guys with average CMC is 3.6. It is a little on the high end, but that's to be expected with a joy redeck. Sure. Just like Tuck said, the entire deck costs two for the most part, uh, just two and four turns. Uh, we got 26 mythics, 34 rares, 16 uncommons, nine commons. Maybe, and maybe a new record for mythics. I can't think of another, I can't think of that many yeah. mythics before. Right. Um, and I think this might be a record for tokens. This deck can only produce three tokens. Copy clone spirits and a treasure. Specifically, the non-flying spirits. Yes, specifically non-flying spirits. Uh, but that's pretty crazy. Usually, I feel like a deck naturally just makes tokens. Really, don't have anything here. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we've talked about this deck enough. Let's end the episode. Just kidding. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> uh, let's head to the rampant grade section. I'll start it off with, um, and I, I try to look at this in a few different lights, Tuck. 
I tried to say, what are we doing with suspend? How are we accelerating suspend? And how do we capitalize on uh, suspend? So the way that we're going to uh, really leverage suspend in the first section is going to be a great enchantment with a cumulative upkeep that no longer matters. Three, two, one. Braid of Fire. Braid of Fire. Colorless red enchantment. Damn it, there is a void. Wow. $13. Crazy. I know, and that's even less than it used to be. Okay, so Braid of Fire is a colorless and green, or sorry, colorless and red for an enchantment. It has cumulative upkeep. Add red to your mana pool, which says at the beginning of your upkeep, put an age counter on this permanent, then sacrifice it unless you pay its upkeep cost for each age counter on it. There is a little bit of text to read here, but while that's spinning, uh, I will not forget. Mr. Combo, why did you decide to put this in the deck? Yeah, so Braid of Fire, um, so funny enough, guys, the way that I had built this deck is I actually had to dismantle parts and pieces from 15 other decks. Okay, I was wondering about that because you said that you built this out as cards you already owned. Yes, so I dismantled 15 decks to be able to assemble this, um, and Braid of Fire was actually a card that I had pulled in my Mystery Booster. Um, I got the foil special copy, and actually, Tuck, I think $13 is a high for that, because I want to say when I pulled the card, I thought it was super expensive, and it was only selling for like 3 bucks. Really? Bucks. Uh, so I'm excited to see it at 13 Um, But guys, there's no downside to this card. Now, there's no downside to this card in any form of commander outside if you're playing your lock, I believe. Um, that would suck hard. <laughs> but Joyra's colorless. It doesn't require a tap, activated ability type of effect. It's just a mana sink. I have a lot of things in this deck that can use a mana sink. Yeah. And if I have literally nothing to do at instant speed and I get five red with Braid of Fire, it's like, okay, I'll throw this 10 drop with Suspend. I'll do this six drop with Suspend. <laughs> Um, and I didn't waste any of the mana. I'll yeah. always have stuff to dump Braid of Fire into. You also have a lot. I completely agree, right? Like if you have Joyer on, it's just like a free roll. People are going to, it's going to be really hard pressed to destroy this. And you do, in one of my bottle cappings, you do run a lot of instants and sorceries in here as well, right? You run a lot of artifacts and a fair amount of instants and sorceries comparative to the rest of the stuff. So there could be times that that could come into advantage. So you're not just wasting your mana, right? But it is a really, yeah. I re- this was like one of my cute ones. I was like, ah, like, Rate of Fire <laughs> seems so good on the, oh, hey, look who it is. He's a big, strong cat. Hey. Um, but we do have a little bit of flavor text, as I made mention. And this is from our old pal, Nikki B, the pompous British guy. <clears throat> to a trained mind, the cold is but a momentary distraction from our tea. Biscuits. Biscuits. <laughs> uh, did you see the match on Saturday? Manchester had a horrible performance. No, because I was just squirting lemon drops into my eyes just so I could feel something. (laughs) All right, well, Tuck. God, that was bad. Uh, What is your second pick? All right, this is another card that I love, and I can't, in similar scope, I can't figure out where to put it into, right? Because it's a little greasy, but since you're already doing the mechanic, you might as well run the the best mana ramp that you can in that mechanic as well. Hmm. And for that, we're talking about our old pal, Mox Tantalite. Oh. <laughs> You're already doing Suspend, so why not? So Suspend 3. Yeah, that's true. Mox Tantalite is an artifact that's a Mythic Rare for 5 bucks. Suspend 3, uh, and it's 0. And then you can play 0 and put 3 Suspend counters that I was talking about earlier. And then you can also, and then once it comes into play with haste, I suppose, you can tap and add 1 mana <laughs> of any color, and it's 5 bucks. So I guess my point, like, 
this is never really a dead draw in the sense of if you cannot get this game going quickly with your suspend shenanigans, you want this game to go on and on and on and on yeah. so that you can build up and cast your haymakers, right? So a lot of people are like, suspend three, what if you draw this on turn four? And you're like, if Joy is still alive on turn four, I'm going to win on turn <laughs> six, so that doesn't matter. But if she gets killed or something happens, I'll at least have my mana coming down later to cast like yeah. the big boys I have waiting in the wings. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I would say uh, this is a cute card that mm. could be cut for something better. It's just I personally feel I got almost all, if not most, of the uh, two or less mana rocks that you would want yeah. in a four color deck. Like, yeah, I don't have Basalt Monolith in here, and it's because, like, I don't need multiple redundant ways to do the cute mana thing that yes, everyone knows right. about. Um, it's just like, I, I got it in there for, for the, the one time thing. So I, I needed ways to do it. And I would have loved to have put in other three and four drop ones. I was just worried about that CMC getting too high. Yeah. And even though this doesn't technically get played for three turns, that's essentially I'm saving a mana each upkeep that I didn't have to spend on this essential manolith. And you also have things that are repeatable ways to remove time counters. So if you have these abilities out, and you have nothing to do with them, you might as well yeah, just do just them use for it. free. Right, exactly. Yeah. So if you're going to go all the way, if you're going to commit to suspend in the way that you have with your instants and sorceries and a lot of your grain cards, you might as well commit all the way with your mana rocks yeah. as well. That's fair. Uh, my second card, it's annoying that this card costs over $4. Uh, but if you're messing around with multiple main or upkeeps oh, sure. and beginning phases, you kind of have to have this card. So Sphinx of the Second Sun oh, is really wait, this good. This is what I do. <laughs> oh my god! Something else. <laughs> six blue blue creature Sphinx. It's a mythic. Uh, six six. Tuck, you read at least the text, and I'll do the voice. All right, cool. Let me let me get this. Let me get the spinner rolling. Oh wait, we got that. That's a good one. Um, okay, so Sphinx of the Second Sun is a mythic rare from Commander Legends. It is a 6-6 six, six with flying, and it says at the beginning... So this is so stupidly complicated. At the <laughs> <I> beginning <laughs> of your post-combat main phase, you get an additional beginning phase after this phase. And the beginning <laughs> phase includes the untap, upkeep, and, and draw step. So for those playing the home game, you do not get a second beginning phase at the beginning of your second main phase. <laughs> when your second main phase ends... Before your end step, you get a second beginning phase where you untap, upkeep, and draw. Then you go into your end step. All right, Tex, I'm going to go through this. Uh, you guys, you start your turn. Uh, we go untap, upkeep, draw, first main phase, uh, beginning of combat, declare attackers, declare bockers, uh, damage, damage resolution, combat resolution, uh, second main, main phase, phase, untap, upkeep, draw step. It's step cleanup step. Yes, exactly, exactly. It's no. I thought you were going with a much more simpler one, uh, which is oh no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, so it's it, like this card is even funnier, where you're like you suspend it, and then you're like, okay, I'm gonna get this out as fast as I can, so that all the other things that I will suspend at some point will have another one. Um, the the only thing I don't, I mean, <laughs> I don't like how complex it is. The other problem is it costs eight, right? So you're just, oh, you're just praying that you're getting this off of a suspend early so that your late game is just going to go flying through, right? Yeah. Yeah, I 
I think this card, because of its CMC, you could almost argue it's a spice, because it's like the effect is super like what you want, but it's like, are you ever going to get to do it? But then the counterpoint to that is like, well, you're literally playing Joyra to suspend overcosted cards to get them down faster. So exactly. it's kind of hard to argue uh, Sphinx of the Second Sun not being in the deck or not being anything but a grain, because if I can get this down... And let's say I can get it down by... Because I have lots of ways to ramp quick. Right. So let's just say I can even get this down by turn six. That's two turns earlier. I'm going to be able to get all of my other suspend cards down now down in two turns, opposed to four turns. That yeah. is huge to go twice as fast. Yeah, agreed. Uh, and you, the flavor text is an easy one, Harry Carry. Slam dunk. Oh, God. It's so easy for you. Come on, that's an easy one. <laughs> he watches in silence <laughs> as the shadow shift. Bringing Amaket ever nearer to the hour of revelation. You want to know why I'm done? Damn it! I, I never. Where's I never, my Coors Light? I never put it together. The second sun approach to the second sun. Never put that together. Oh, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, because the Amaket bit. Uh, well, guys, I'm the only one left. Uh, so I talked about how I wanted to talk about a grain was something to uh, uh push the suspend counter, something to accelerate the suspend counters. And then I want an additional payoff of the suspend counters. So Vega the Watcher, I think is a very cool add once you actually have white with Joyra. Colorless Azorius, that's white blue, legendary creature, bird spirit, it's a 2-2. It has flying. Whenever you cast a spell from anywhere other than your hand, draw a card. And I do have text. You do. Um, and that one was... Uh, Admiral Beckett Brass, an old woman at the uh, the old smoker at the slot machine. One eye sees the past, uh, <laughs> one the present. <laughs> anywhere in the one of the future, none can be deceived. Darling, where's my menthols? Yeah, exactly. I'll take another run with Cuff, baby. Um, so the one piece of feedback I got talking with some other content creators, specifically the Commander Smiths, was Commander Smith Adam had done a Joyra deck, and the biggest thing that Lowry had said is like, yeah, it was super scary, and he had everything suspended within like five turns, but then he was just draw pass, mm. draw pass, or draw suspend pass, he just had nothing in his hand. So, I, you guys all know I'm anti-card draw, <laughs> uh, for burst card draw, that's one-time use, that's real stupid, but something like this... If I can draw four off of it throughout a game, I'm happy. Uh, because that means I got a 2-2 flyer blocker, and I drew four cards for three mana. I'm good with that. And I think it should be realistic to be able to draw four off Viga. I So I I like this card in a vacuum, and I like where it's coming at. Um, you should be able to draw cards off of this. This is a card I will be talking about later. But that's it. Like this, It has okay. a high potential to draw a lot of cards. All right. Well, guys, that's going to wrap up the grain section. Now we're going to head over to the hop profile. And Big Tuck, what's the first hop card you want to talk about? Okay. So uh, we have some we have some options here. Uh, and the first one I want to talk through is one that plays into the idea of things dying, things coming back from the graveyard and that sort of thing, right? Because if Aethrios, it still goes back to your hand. But... With this big winged creature, who's very bright, potentially we could do this in a little three, two, two one. One. 
Luminous, Luminous Broodmoth. A shaker, 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 shaker. Two colorless, double white for a 3-4 creature insect that's a mythic for $7. I will do the voice on this one, Mr. Combo. It is a flyer, and whatever a creature you control without flying dies, return it to the battlefield under its owner's control with a flying counter on it. So strong. And we also do have a little bit of voice here, which is our bud Centaur. Sorry, it's Sentin Centaur Druid, which is Bruce Wayne. Now, Mr. Combo, the Batman recently came out. I'm going to do this in the new Batman, the new Bruce Wayne voice, if you will. I was about to say, yeah. So you're just going to sound like an emo kid that's parents took away his My Chemical Romance CD? Mr. Falcone, it soars through currents of moonbeams to give hope to the forsaken. You're not my oh, dad. Oh, God, that was Al- good. You're not, you're not my dad, Alfred. Spoiler, I guess. Yeah, spoiler. I I love this card. I think it's incredibly good. Um, I think that when you have two... So, Athreos is a lot more resilient, right? It's indestructible. It's most likely going to be an enchantment for, I would say, the majority the of the time it's on the, on the board, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. So, the fact that this gives you a free recast off of Joyra for four, plus all your other utility creatures, it protects from board wipes and that sort of thing. Just a ton of utility in here, and some of your big swingers, maybe they don't have evasion, always giving them flying the best form of evasion in the game, or one of them, is really, really strong. So that's why that's why I love this card, and any build, especially in this one. Here's the reason I like it a ton. It's because you can stack your triggers how you Ooh. want. So the thing I love about this, guys, is a lot of times, let's just think about early game. Let's just say I got as a uh, Athreos trigger on... A, uh, I, I don't know. Ornithopter um, of Paradise. There you go. <laughs> That's a terrible card that I, I don't think would apply here, but we'll go with that. <laughs> Ornithopter of Paradise. Um, it would be like turn five. I need to get it back. Everyone has full healthy life totals. Most people are like, yeah, I'll pay three life and have it die. With Luminous Broodmoth now, now it's like, okay, it'll come back with a flying counter. And it's like, oh, well, well I didn't want to do that. And it's like, okay. Well, then I'll just put it to hand and I'll resuspend it. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> it puts them in this choice of it's either you pay three life and I get it back anyways with evasion, or you pay nothing. I could bring it to hand and resuspend it, which that eight drop or nine drop, I'm going to get out way quicker than if I just had to naturally tap my lands. Right. So I, I like the modal interaction I get with my opponents. And then, Tuck, the flip side of it is when it's late game. And I'm like, oh, I know they won't pay the three life. I'll just make Luminous Broodmoth the first trigger. Hey, right. both triggers on the stack. Luminous will resolve first. Came back with flying. What are you going to do about it? Yep. I, this is a card that I got, and I still it's still in a binder, I'm pretty sure. like I don't think I have this in the deck yet because I'm an idiot. <laughs> well, uh, the next one I want to talk about is a card that for no reason is $65. Uh, makes me wish I could go buy all those Commander 20 uh, pre-cons again because this is crazy. Um, it's one of the few ways I have to counter spells in the deck. Now, it is a very powerful card, but the reason I love it in this build is because we're playing partners. That's what this whole challenge is about. And if you have partners, you always have a 200% chance uh, to be able to get the spell for free. So the blue version of the free counter spells, 
Fierce Guardianship. So good. Two colorless blue instant. It's a rare for $64.22. If you control a commander, you may cast the spell without paying its mana cost. That's the, the money. Uh, counter target non-creature spell. So most of my board wipes and stuff, that's what I'm going to be using it for. But I do have to do a quote by Gavi Nestwarden. Do we do we have a Gavi? Great question. Uh, no. So instead, we do have a Corvax who's Joe from Family Guy. Oh, somewhere else. This is your only warning. Pretty good. Yeah. Oh, Patrick yeah, Walburton's in the house. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this card's really good. Again, I think it harkens back to the point of um, do you, you feel that do you feel that there is going to be a, a high percentage chance that Atheros is going to come down on curve and be there the entire game? The entire game, I don't know, but I do think I've I've goldfished this deck online probably a dozen times, and I consistently have the mana to kind of do what I want. On turn three, like, yeah. do I want Joyra? Do I want Athreos? Do I want to do a wheel? Like, I got a lot of options. Um, so, yeah, I, the biggest thing I don't know is the Devotion. I don't know if I'm ever going to hit Devotion, so I got to worry about the creature thing. And that's why I think this card is, I think this card is mediocre in a Jora deck, but in a Jora Athreos deck, I think it's insanely strong. Oh, because you yep. are always going to have Athreos lying around for the entire game, so you're always I see gonna, what you're doing. You see what you see, see what I'm getting at, right? Like, if you have this in legendary enchantment that also happens to be your commander around for forever, then why not, right? Like, you're always going to be able to counter the big cyclonic rift. You'll be able to counter the wrath of God that's going to come down the, yeah. the the single target, and I think that's why it's so much stronger in this deck than it would be in just a Joyra or just an Athreos deck, mostly because then you'd be playing a legal deck. Yeah, and that's actually the thing that I've really found fun, Tuck. I hadn't thought of that perspective, but kind of like how we talked about Vega the Watcher, like you wouldn't normally yeah. have a Joyer build because of white. I like how we just splash in these other colors, and none of the stuff is broken in said deck. It's just like, oh, that's fun interaction, or that's good synergy. Yeah, absolutely. All, All right, right. well, running. what is your next card? I think you have all of them in here, um, but obviously there's a legendary creature type that is very strong in these suspend rigmaroles. Mm. And this one is particularly backbreaking for your opponents who are trying to go wide. And in that case, you're, you have not raised your hand, but Elish Norn grand Cenobite can just be so brutal in here. So five colorless and double white for legendary creature Praetor. That's a mythic for $18. These Praetors, except for Urbrass, are always just going to be 20 bucks, right? <laughs> yeah, because well, Urbrass is like the trashiest Urbrass one. is great! <laughs> Urbrass is incredible. But anyways, that doesn't matter. We're not talking about him. We're talking about this young lady here. She's a 4-7 with Vigilance. Other creatures you control get plus 2, plus 2. But more importantly, creatures your opponents control get minus 2, minus 2. Let's see how long this wheel is going to take to spin. It's going to spin. It's going to spin. And it's going to settle here in a second. But... Even in this deck, with the removal, with the creatures that you have, tokens are going to be tough, right? Yeah. A board wipe, uh, a the protection, whatever you want to do here, right? Your tokens is, even if you, even in the best form of this deck, tokens are going to be tough. Mid game, late game, it doesn't matter. And Ellis Norn, for a big swinger, that's also a 4-7, that's going to make everything else stronger, easier, harder to remove, and so on and so forth. Also, is going to completely nullify token decks, cut down commander, and even if you get 
one extra turn off of this, you're pretty much just paying seven for a giant creature that's going to make it easier for you to win the game, and you time lock by killing a bunch of tokens. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I wanted to do in this deck is I wanted to put all the Praetors mm. in. Um, obviously, I didn't put in Urabrask. You fool! Uh, because... Well, I genuinely, I just got to the point where it's like, it's kind of like my other decks where it's like, I've already tuned it. And it's like, well, if I add him, I'm losing Graveyard Recursion or, or something whatever that I you need. Yeah. need. Um, but yeah, Elish Norn is awesome. The thing I love about this card, Tuck, with Suspend specifically, this screams Nevenrold's Disc. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is Nev's Disc, you cast it and it's tapped. No one can do anything. But everyone sees it, and everyone stops playing the game because, well, I don't want to invest resources, and right. then he cracks the dicks. With Elish Norn being in suspend, it'll be the same thing. It'll be, oh my god, my creature's about to get neg two, neg two. I'm about to lose everything that my deck wants to do. I either need to get Anthem's ASAP so they can live, or I'm just not going to play the game. I'm going right. to wait till Elish Norn comes down and someone board wipes, then I can start my game plan. <laughs> So Elish Dorn and Suspend kind of gives me like a four-turn clock where I'm maybe the only one playing the game. Right, exactly. Uh, and we do have a little bit of thing here. This is Nissa Ravane, a.k.a. the goth girl who doesn't give an F, but loves unicorns. I think that was uh, a uh, ginger beard man. So here we go. <coughs> Ugh. <sighs> the taxians whisper among themselves of other worlds. <sighs> If they exist, we must bring more unicorns and more magnificence to them. It's so heavy. That's a hard one because, like, I'm I'm much better at the higher pitched women's voice for some reason. Uh, <laughs> but you know, we're, it's all it's all learning experience here. All right, what do you yep. what do you got? What do you got to round out your hop? All right. Well, my last hop is a very very sexy stacks card that everyone loves to see played. Uh, it's called Void. Widower! Widower! <laughs> I look, I before we get into this, I I hate these sort of cards, but I love Void Widower and I don't know why. So for that, I will do I will read everything, including the voice, because nice. this, is, this is the anti-big tuck card, but I love it. I love to see it, and I literally cannot tell you why. So Void Widower is a nine-drop Eldrazi creature. It's an 11-9. That's a mythic rare for $13. It states, your opponents can't cast spells with even converted mana costs. Zeros even. Your opponents can't block with creatures with even converted mana costs. Also, is that zero? And I think we actually do have an Obnix list. We do. We do. And it's, uh, oh, god damn it. It's Oberyn Martell. I always, forget, I always forget this one. He's like a sexy. Uh, I'm, 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 one of the, I'm one of the sand snakes, uh, having sex with men and women in the brothel in Westeros. <laughs> Have you ever seen a world fall to its knees? Watch and learn. Did Did Oberyn just get his balls clipped like right there in the middle of that? He sentence? was really, like, he was really to excited. He got him. He got him squeezed at the brothel. Uh, I think the reason why is like source of plowshares. Path to Exile, Murder, like all these things are cards that are just removal that just, just dies to, right? Yeah. Like I don't, comparative to Landlock, Can't Attack, that sort of stuff, I feel like this card is more fair and more like, 
it's game warping in the sense of like, oh, this is something that we have to think of. It's it's kind of like adds like the mod it adds another mechanic to the game, right? Where you're like, okay, yeah, evens out. I have odds. What what can we do here, right? Like, how can we get around this? Well, and the thing that I really like about this card is the second block of the text where opponents can't block with even yes. CMC creatures, which eliminates tokens. Mm -hmm. You could have a thousand tokens. I'm going to swing in for as much damage as I want to. So that was a big thing with this card being in hops. Yes, it does slow down my opponents with counter magic most of the time. Right. That's usually in that even CMC range. Uh, but a big thing was you're not blocking with your creatures. So if I need to get a attack trigger or a damage trigger, you can't combo block with a hundred different things, which definitely when I was thinking of this deck challenge, I started to try to force myself to think of what would I not expect from my opponents? Right. Like in, in weird color pairings, what could I potentially see that I would have no clue about? And tokens was one that's like, you know what? I feel like there's some weird sneaky stuff that could happen to tokens. Elish Norn and Void Winner are kind of like my only answers for that. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, guys, that's going to wrap up the board state and hot profile. Never going to head over to how the deck wins in yeast. Tuck, we just keep getting smaller and smaller. You know, we uh, went from, God, what was that? 34 grain, yeah. 14 hops to 11 yeast. God, this is like a CEDH deck. Uh, what did you pick? <laughs> what, me? No, isn't this? This is you. This is your deck. Oh, yeah. There you go. Uh, all right. So I got I got three picks. One of them, it's all about doubling up on stuff the second one amazing to remove my suspend counters and a great mana sink and then the third one is actually a recommendation from uh lowry that should scare my opponents if i'm able to get it and athreos down within four turns so the first one is a great artifact it's fairly new uh it's eight dollars let's just get it over with <laughs> all right three two one lithoform engine yeah 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 four colorless legendary artifact mythic and i'll read the first activated ability you read the last two okay two colorless tap copy target activated or triggered ability you control you may choose new targets for the copy uh, and then three, tap, copy, target, instant, or sorcery spell you control. You may choose new targets for the copy. Oh, and still Mia, sorry. Four colorless and tap, copy, target, permanent spell you control. The copy becomes a token. So here's why I like this card in this deck, Tuck. All three are going to be relevant on all turns that I have. Right. First one, the one that a lot of people aren't thinking of, copy Athreos's trigger. Exactly, yes. Yep. Hey, Double you, know you want to pay six life to not give this card back to me? Um, I didn't think so. But there are other activated and triggered abilities. Um, you know, there are a lot of Eldrazi's with some, uh, let's say, Annihilation. We didn't, that's a triggered we, ability. We didn't, and we, have, we didn't talk about Joyra's Jitterbug, right? Like, that's oh, a great one yeah. to copy. Um, the second one, the copy target instant sorcery spell, one of the things that I've learned through the years is that if you copy an X spell when it's on the stack, you get it for whatever X is. Mm -hmm. I have X spells in the deck that we might be talking about in a little bit that are amazing for three mana to remove even more time counters or other stuff. And then the last one, I think this is the pretty clear cut and dry. Suspend for two, get an extra copy for four mana four turns later. It's it's all great. Um, I... I... I feel like this card's a little pushed. If I'm going to be honest, I don't own a copy intentionally. I think this is, we there's, 
we have made slight arguments in the past that you could kind of slot this into most decks because it kind of does everything yeah. you want, right? It's like a better trading post. But here, I think it really comes, I think this really comes to fruition, right? Like, what's better than two giant creatures? What's better than one giant creature? Two of them, right? The only thing that's a problem with that is a lot of these big boys that you're bringing out are legendary. So, interesting fact, though, if you actually go through my deck and count the legendary creatures, it's only about 50 50. Okay, so you still got your big swingers. You still got the big boys out there, which I like. Well, yeah, I just more meant because this is that's actually something Lowry brought up. And my point to it is like, it's only 50% of the time that right. I may have a creature that's legendary, but it is permanent spell. So sure. I can bring extra copies of a lot of other stuff. A lot of you already said a gazillion artifacts, right? So this there's never I think the thing I like the most about this is that there's never a dead there's never a dead ability on this, right? You're always yeah. gonna have something to use with it. Um, I think your instants and sorceries in here are going to be very strong um, for removal, for removing time counters and that sort of thing. So Lithoform Engine gets a pass in this deck and this deck alone for me. There we go. Well, what is your number two? I'm almost scared that we did the same one for this one. I don't think so. I, I think we I think we went to I think we went two for two two out of three. So I'm going to do the one that I'm pretty sure you didn't do. Which is okay. this? This used to be a it used to be and still is an EDH boogeyman, and it's a kind of giant artifact creature golem that you have to have in this build. Uh, we this can be a really quick one. Lightsteel Colossus. Uh, not a huge fan of this card, but literally, I haven't seen this card played in literal years. Twelve colorless for an artifact creature golem. That's an eleven eleven trample infect indestructible. If Blightsteel Colossus be put into a graveyard from anywhere, reveal it, and then shuffle it into an owner library instead. It's a mythic rare for $70. So, Oh, that, my God. Yeah, price, price, <laughs> price on that just won't ever go down. So I just wanted to bring this up because the playgroup I play in, we are not playing these sort of giant Blightsteel decks anymore. But if you're playing your Jodas, if you're playing your Joyras, those are the decks where you can cheat this out. And we'll talk about another card later. I guarantee it where this card is going to come out and surprise people, right? This yep. is an arch enemy card, which is my only real downside in this deck. But if you are playing these suspend rigmaroles, if you are doing this fast creatures out, you have to run this card in here. I would almost argue, Tuck, Blightsteel is better in a suspend deck than any other deck because suspend yeah. gives it haste. Yes. Usually yeah. the big negative with Blightsteel is that it's telegraphed for that turn and it's on the battlefield and people can interact with it. When yeah. it's in suspended, it's telegraphed for four turns, maybe quicker, depending on the next card I talk about. Ooh. Um, but they still can't do anything with it. It's still, I got to wait for it to hit the battlefield, and then I have to wait, yeah. possibly wait for priority, a sorcery interaction, to be able to deal with it. Boom. It's there, and you better hope to Christ that you are prepared. <laughs> you have something. So, yeah. Agreed. Agreed 100%. All right. Well, uh, the next one that I'm talking about is a mono red mana sink. You're good. That is amazing with Braid of Fire. Talked about it earlier, but it's just a good sink in general. Rift Elemental. Oh. I can't believe this thing's only two cents, <laughs> considering what it does. Single red creature elemental, colorless red, remove a time counter from a permanent you control or suspended card you own. It gets plus two, plus so until end of turn. And Teferi, which I believe is Samuel L. Jackson. Sure is. is coming in hot. It's difficult. Oh, man. I'm starting to talk like Mr. T. Okay. <laughs> more anger. More anger. Uh, louder. Bigger, bigger, bigger. You have failed the Jedi Order. Now, that's more British and more Obi-Wan. I don't know. Let's just. We'll give it a whirl. Motherfucker. 
There it's is. It's the a rift after it begins wandering about on its own. I was gonna say you oh. always start. You always start with the motherfucker that puts you right. That puts you right in the mindset. <laughs> so the thing I love about Ref, Rift Elemental, it's a mana sink for Braid of Fire at my upkeep to remove stuff with time sure, counters. Absolutely. It's a mana sink before my turn starts, just in general, if I saved it up for instant speed interaction or Joyra suspend potential. Um, it just literally does everything. Like, if I feel like if I get Rift, Rift Elemental down and it has to be turn six or later, like, I'm not playing this on turn one at that, all. Yeah. Uh, I almost think if I get it on my opening hand, unless the rest of the hand is gas, I'm probably shuffling it back just because I don't want it that early. Uh, but if I get it after turn five, oh man, I should be able to cook with this card. I completely agree. And I think it's a total rookie move if it's like, oh, I've written this in my opener, slam dunk keep, right? What else do I need? Yep. Turn one and now I'm off to the races. It's like, no, this card's going to die and you're not going to get it back in time. Like yep. this card, this card, <laughs> uh, funnily enough, I think this card might as well read suspend four, right? <laughs> like you're not, pl- you're not playing this card until you actually have stuff in suspend and then ran yeah. run it out. You play this card, someone casts Swords to Plowshares, you have your leftover mana, cool. Now I have, a, now I have an Elish Norn. Now I have a Blight Steel, yep. right? With haste, like what else do you want from me, right? So it's 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 a great inclusion. One of the cards that you kind of have to run in a suspend deck. Yeah, and the other thing that I like about it, guys, because it is only a, a one toughness and it doesn't get its toughness buff with the time counter removal. It's great for Athreos. Sure. I mean, that's why Athreos is here. It's not just for bringing back Blight Steels. It's also for these rinky-dink creatures that it's like, do you really want to pay three life for me to get rid of a Rift Elemental? I mean, probably in this deck, but most of the time people would say no. Right. All right, Tuck, give us your last game winner, which I'm pretty sure were the same. The best card in the deck, aka yeah. this is better than your commanders, either of them. It's an enchantment. Oh, that's, that's not true. It's 100% true. If you can three, this- two. One sneak, sneak attack. attack. Unreal. Three colorless and a red for an enchantment. Pay a red. Put You may put a creature card from your hand onto the battlefield. That creature gains haste. Sack it at the beginning of the next end step for about 15 bucks. It's the best card in the deck, right? Like, okay, cool. You've blown up Joyra. You blew up Athreos. Congratulations. I have so much mana left over from this Mox Tantalite that I, that I suspended <laughs> from a year ago. So now it's just like, it's over, right? Especially if you have Athreos out, that's the best part. The only downside of this card is it gets sacrificed, right? Boo-hoo, yeah. pay three for it, or I'm just going to do this again, right? How much mana, yeah. how much life are you willing to invest into an Elish Norn? How much life are you willing to invest into uh, an Atali, right? Like, the list yeah. goes on. It's like, this card is so good, repeatable. I, I love it. So here's my question for you, Tuck, and for the community. What would be a better situation with Sneak Attack? Now, for, uh, let's just say Athreos is on the battlefield for both. Is it better to pay the red, swing with a creature, wait a turn, you do your Athreos trigger, then maybe you save a creature for the next turn, and you kind of, like, build it up? Or is it better to just say, hey, you know what, I'm going to spend five mana, put out five big boys for my hand, swing in, and if you pay 15 life for me to get rid of them all, oh well. Like, which, which route do you go with Sneak Attack? I think it really depends on the cards that you have, right? Like, if you have your Annihilator triggers, run them out. As soon as you have, as soon as you can, right? Like, the, or um, like any of any of like we have we didn't talk about obviously, but like Kozlik, Ulamog, uh, the other Ulamog. Like for me, those cards are so backbreaking. Run them out as fast as you can, right? Like turn turn two sneak attack, turn three Ulamog is like unbeatable. You're gonna knock someone out of the game almost, right? 
So I think that's where it boils down to, right? The cards, the cards that we talked about, like Elish Norn, Atali, that are a little bit more situational and don't have quite the oomph to it. I those ones are like one at a time, right? Like we can run it out, hmm. we can run it out. But if you have these giant swingers out, Void Winner is a great example, right? Like I wouldn't I wouldn't run Void Winner out unless I knew I could get her back almost immediately. Yeah, I was about to say, because I mean that wouldn't do you a ton, but so are you saying it's with the Titans specifically that you're willing to get the surprise damage and effect, sack them, monster mash, and lose the cast trigger? Because you wouldn't get the cast trigger on sneak attacks. So no destroy target permanent, no exiling two permanents, no drawing four cards. If it's early in the game, I don't think it matters. Annihilate if you, if it's okay. er, if it's early game and people are just setting up, you you get out Kazi, right? You're swinging in for twelve, which is a ton, and then someone has to, then someone has to sacrifice four, so they lose two lands and two mana rocks. Like <laughs> I don't know if I honestly I don't know if I could do that because that would just make me arch enemy for life. You are playing. I think that's where you guys break into my house and tattoo <laughs> fuck all on my forehead. Bad. All guy. right, guys. Well, we're gonna wrap up the yeast package and head over to the spice. We only got a few options. Tuck. Uh, I picked a zero drop mana rock. I did as well. And I assume it's, I assume it's the one that you did not put in here. There's one in here. That's clearly, I think there's two. I think both the zero drops are clearly grains, but one of them you've died to a bunch, which I think defaults it to (laughs) being a spice. So is that the one you chose? You choose the other one. No, I actually chose the other one. All right, let's go. All right, three, two, one. Mox, Mox Amber. Amber. Very strong. Zero drop, legendary artifact, mythic. You can tap to add a mana of any color among legendary creatures and planeswalkers you control. $42. This used to be like five. I blew it. Yeah. This has just been. Yeah. This, you know, Tuck, what's game. funny? I was actually really hot on this card when it first came out, and I bought like a f- multiple copies, I think. I even think I actually got some foil ones at Magic Fest KC nice. for like 10 bucks, 15 bucks. I'll have to see what those are worth now. But I actually don't play this card in any deck outside of my god deck. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Uh, uh, but, but there is text. Yep, Why don't I you got, read the I text got, off? I got it. I got it. Uh, this is Hannah the Mad Hatter for some reason. Okay, wait. Hold on. Lion, lemon. Okay. <laughs> you sound like Ron Burgundy. <laughs> Lion, lemon. I'm over to time, dear Alice, made tangible. It has the power to realize epic versions and also the Jabberwocky, which decided to be a dance in the Tim Burton version. Question. If you're so, running partner commanders and you have the money, this is like a staple, right? Uh, Maybe. Okay. <laughs> so I'll actually talk about why I put this in spice and not grains. Um. I know this seemed like a big tuck thing. Um, yes. <laughs> and yes, yes, guys, there is a card that uh, is another zero drop in spice. It'll actually be on the chopping block in the next section, and we'll talk a little bit. Very interesting. Why. Okay. Uh, but Mox Amber, I just don't have, I don't have any Planeswalkers in the deck, and I got like 10 to 12 legendary creatures. I get it. I have two commanders. Right. But here's the risk. Turns one through three doesn't matter. If mm. I have this, it does zero for me. And if it's, if it's one of those things like, oh, Two lands, maybe one of them's a fetch and Mox Amber. You would think I should keep that, but then what happens if I keep it and I'm stuck? Yeah, cannot you suck at get three, a right? land. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So that's, this card is probably fair. the worst mana rock. Turns one through six, in my opinion, for this deck. Well, as soon I think this is the same argument as uh, the, it's the same argument I have as deflecting SWAT, which we didn't talk about. Fierce Guardianship is that as soon as 
Athreos lands, this card turns into like one of the better cards in the deck, right? With yes, like very little correct. drawback because Athreos is going to be around for so long and is so yep. easily recastable. So that's fair. Um, the mana crypt, I'm not so sure about. Besides, it's killed you so many times in the past. But we'll we'll, we'll, we'll talk, talk about we'll talk it. There's about a reason that. behind yes, it. That's that's totally fair. But yes, I I, I hear your point. It's very easy. It's very easy to get suckered into thinking that you are going to win the game when you have this in your opener and two lands. That is not the case. Yeah. That's not that is yeah. the case in some decks. That's not the case in this deck. Well, and I think it's just the case in general, and, and that's why I don't. I mean, Tuck, have you seen this card played? Because I haven't. Um, I have, but it's in like people who are running planeswalkers, including the uncommon ones that are two drops or three drops. Right? Sure. Like, okay. It, it, it's but not- outside of legendary tribal, we aren't seeing this card. But the crazy thing is that there was hype around this card yeah. when it got previewed, massive hype. Well, and there's still obviously there's still a huge demand for it, right? And it's probably yeah. because I mean, like again. Not to get into the CDH boogie, the boogeyman CDH, but like the Thrasios Vile Smasher deck, they're both three drops. So the chances of you accelerating into this, like into yeah. one to the other, is much higher. So maybe that's why. But I mean, like I said, I don't play the format. So what am I? Who, who, what do I know? All right, guys. Well, that's going to wrap up the spice package. Now we're going to head over to the bottle cap. And as a reminder, these are going to be cuts from the deck and ads that equate to under $5, under 50 bucks, and a no budget recommendation. We just can't talk about mana-only lands. And the one last thing before we get into this, I want to let you guys know, because, and, and Tuck and I have talked about this off-cast, we're doing this for the next four episodes, the bottle capping will be done by the person who did not build the deck and one of the other guests from the Twitch stream. So today, the bottle capping will actually be conducted by Big Tuck and Marketing Ross. Okay, well, for under $5, I want to start this off. Good. I thought this was cute. I thought it would be good, because we did talk about how the suspend counters, you know, I have instants and sorceries that interact with them. Actually, guys, almost most of the things that interact with suspend counters are instants and sorceries. Right. Um, There's only a handful, and that's being generous, of permanents. So I need ways to be able to abuse or reuse those cards. Interesting. But after talking with Marketing Ross, I think it's just too cute. So I think I might cut Archaeomancer. Okay. Interesting. Which is two sure. colorless blue blue creature human wizard. Uh, it's a one two. And when it ETBs, return target instant or sorcery card from your graveyard to your hand. I thought this would be very cute. Bring it in. I get those suspend cards right. back. They die. Hey, do you want to pay three life for that? No one wants to pay three life for Archaeomancer. Get it back to hand. I don't even need to suspend it. I could just cast it, get those cards back. So I thought it would be a great way to reuse the graveyard for instants and sorceries. But Ross didn't feel so, and I'm even a little on the fence. Uh, I will get into my instants and sorcery shenanigan at a later date. And the two, I have two cards that I'm torn between. And Tuck, I'm looking for you just to go ahead and... Kind of help me figure this out, okay? Okay. So the first one I'm interested in is Phyrexian Altar. Three colorless artifact, sack a creature, add one mana of any color. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The other one I'm conflicted on would be Phyrexian Tower, which we all know is a great land. Taps, adds colorless, or tap, sack a creature, add black, black. What I... So what Ross and I talked about because uh, this was marketing Ross's pick, like we talked. Right. Um, the reason he thought this would make more sense is because I'd probably, I don't have a lot of sack outlets, if like any, I think in the deck. And I might want ways to try to get an ETB trigger off of a creature or a cast trigger off of a Titan or some way, shape or form 
let's sack it, Athreos trigger, Luminous Broodmoth trigger, Shieldred, whatever. We're getting that creature back. And this is kind of a way for me at least to force sacrifice to get extra value. Granted, this idea seems like it would work better with Archaeomancer still in the deck. <laughs> um, but which of those two do you think would be better? Ross's argument for uh, Alter was instant speed. Someone tries to do multiple exile effects like a Curse of Swine. Let me just sack my board. Multiple Athreos triggers. But then my thought with Phyrexian Tower is like, well, at least that does something when I don't want to sacrifice. I feel in this build, it's much more battle cruisery. So I don't know if you're going to get more than... I, I I go with Phyrexian Tower, because first off, it's always a land, right? So you get something out yeah. of it no matter what. And I think it's going to be more likely that you're going to have one or two creatures on the battlefield. So to me, you always get the benefit of it being a land. And then when you sacrifice it, you can just pay into Joyra immediately, right? Like with Phyrexian... Ultimate, That's very true. With Frixing Tower, that's just a Joyer activation right there, right? So you're effectively like cycling out. That's so funny because Tuck, I could I could do it in a way, sack the creature, the two blacks sitting there. I don't have to use it immediately or for anything in particular. Do you want to pay three life? Oh, you don't? Okay, it's back, back to hand. hand. I want to use that two mana to resuspend it. Absolutely. So I think Tower, I think I would go with Tower out of those two. Okay. I think you got me. All right. Well, what's your under a uh, $5 cut, and what did you think should be added to the deck? All right, so I'm just going to... Uh, my cut is going to be pretty blanket. <laughs> it's I wrote down here, any Mr. Combo number five over, overpowered card besides the blue uh, the blue Praetor. So take your pick. That's what I would cut. Uh, Euristic Studies, your... Uh, where is it? Uh, Vampiric Tutors, Wheel of Fortunes, any... Whatever. Take your pick. <laughs> But out of all those, I'm going to cut Rhystic Study because it's the most annoying. So there you go. Uh, I, I don't like this card. I think you should cut it because I don't like it. But I think that you have missed out on doubling down in some senses, right? Because what's better than one Athreos than two? So I think Athreos Are you Shroud the other Athreos? Yes, the other Athreos is very interesting in here, right? So four colorless, a white and a black for $4 on the nose, $4.50. Another legendary enchantment creature god that's indestructible. As long as your devotion to white and black is less than seven, it's not a creature. At the beginning of your end step, put a coin counter on another target creature. When a creature with a coin counter on it is dies or is put into exile, return that card to the battlefield under your control. So the reason why I, I almost like this as maybe the better partner is it comes back to the battlefield, Right. Because if you get back into the suspend loop, which is fine, it's just a, a time game, right? You're going to get away with suspending Kozilek once. I'm not convinced that you're going to be able to get away with suspending Shieldred twice. I don't know, right? I don't know. But I'm saying that if these creatures are dying, you might as well get them back to the battlefield with another giant creature that you could also suspend. It doesn't have to be your creature either. It could be someone else's, right? Like their commander some sort of giant blocker, these sort of things that, that are going to make people think about what they're actually doing with their blocks and the creatures that are dying. If you're going to have one after us, you might as well have them both. That's what I think. Well, this was a terrible battle copying. Uh, makes zero sense for the deck. It's in step and I only get to do it once per my turn rotation. At least the other, at least my primary Athreos, I get like, if I want five triggers in a turn, I can get it. Or on your turns, I can get it. But it's back um, to the battlefield. I, One creature back to the it battlefield doesn't every turn is doesn't incredible. Duck, this With is the, a terrible card for this build. I dis- terrible card for this build. I, I disagree. So the other thing that makes it bad 
is that it's these coin counters that we're messing with. And I trust me, guys, I loved this Athreos. I, uh, this and, oh God, what's that? The Ashiok. That just, Ashiok. Yeah, that's just tanked. Uh, Nightmare Muse, <laughs> yeah. I think. Um, yeah, she just, I thought was going to be great. Turns out an actual play doesn't work. Same thing with this guy. I've put him in decks. You think it's backbreaking and amazing. It really doesn't work like you think it does. Now, if I had ways to get multiple in-step triggers, I actually think this would do well. Um, like if this said upkeep, uh, yeah, I think it'd be great for yeah, the deck. I already have ways, ways to, to get multiple upkeeps. Yeah. But with it being in-step and I only get it on my turn, if it was beginning of each in-step, okay, I, I could fuck with you there. But just mine, and it's only once per rotation? Nah. You only that's a, need that's one a of no these from me, dog. You only need one of those creatures that you got in the deck. That's it. Well, let's go to under 50, and I'm cutting Mana Crypt. Interesting. <laughs> um, this was one that I am cutting. This was not a Ross choice. Um, I'm cutting it because of the text of, at the beginning of your upkeep, flip a coin. If you lose it, it deals three damage to you. I just talked about how I'm trying to do multiple upkeep triggers. I do not need to be oh, taking true. six from Mana Crypt. <laughs> or maybe if I have the, the Sphinx per out and Paradox, Paradox Haze, taking nine or 12, fuck off. Yeah, I don't want it. Fair enough. All right. All right. I can respect <laughs> that. I can respect that. Here's a card that initially we thought was fringe, but it's not. Because doing a creature count, this card should always work for my deck. Oversold Cemetery. Oh, Colorless yes. Black Enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep, if you have four or more creature cards in your graveyard, you may return target creature card from your graveyard to your hand. Uh, yes. It's coming to about $17. The foil from Onslaught's $53. Um, so I have in the deck, just double checking our good old pie, we have 23 creatures in the deck. I should never at any given point have less than four. In the graveyard. You wouldn't think. Especially with the haymakers that I have. You think people are going to be paying life to not let me get it back right. to hand. So this is kind of like you're damned if you do, damned if you don't, if you're my opponents. Do you want me to get it right now? Or do you just want me at the beginning of my upkeep? Now I'm just picking the best creature out of my graveyard that's back to hand, back to suspend. Yep. No, I'm here for it. Um, and this is going to play so well into what my next card is well. Oh, okay. Well, what is your under 50 cut and add? So I am, as, as I mentioned earlier, I'm going to cut Vega the Watcher. I just really, I mean, four cards a game, it would be great. I just don't know how much suspend, how much stuff is going to come out of suspend before you die or, <laughs> or how much is going to come out in period. Guys, so, you heard it. Uh, we haven't even gone on stream yet. Big Tuck's already making wide threats. I'm accusation. not making wide threats at anything. I, I will, I, you'll see. You'll see the deck that I'm that I'm going to brew up. It's going to be in in the same way that this is this is my antithesis deck. This will be yours. It's going to be great. I'm very excited about it. But um, I, I just don't think it. I don't think it gets us there. But there is a Fair. card I was looking. So I think, like I said, I it's, it's no secret that I think sneak attack is the best card in the deck, right? Like I think that's gonna I think that's gonna catapult you into the game. But what happens? Like I think we need a little bit more graveyard interaction to the battlefield especially when we can continue to get those atherios triggers so this card doomed necromancer i think has some oh, play in here yeah so two colorless and a black for a creature human cleric mercenary three relevant creature types in here uh a black tap sacrifice it return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield so then this plays into atheros as well where it's like okay doom necromancer is going into my graveyard do you want to pay three for it to go back to my hand They're like no okay cool i'll just frixie and 
reclamation it back to my hand, or I'm going to pick shouldered to put shouldered back to the battlefield. Then on my turn, I was going to bring it back and get something else. Like, I think it plays very well into this build. I'm not a huge fan of this card in general because I feel like it's kind of like a one and done unless you're playing so Mm -hmm. much graveyard recursion. But here with Athreos, you're at least forcing your opponents into a chance. Uh, And now, again, more importantly, it goes to the battlefield. It goes from the graveyard to the battlefield, and a lot of your stuff has huge, huge effects the second it comes down. So uh, I think this is a cute card for the deck. The only thing that makes me hesitant on it is I feel like this deck is going to be slow because of the suspend, just like trying to wait for stuff to actually come down. I I think the deck reads a lot scarier than it's actually going to play in real life. (laughs) Um, And so Doom Necromancer, I would like it if it was whatever you wanted it to be. A black, sack a creature, pay five life, sack doom necromancer, return target. I just don't like the tap effect. And I play this card. So it's not that it's a bad card. Right. I think for this deck, though, it's just going to be too slow. But that's... Of, okay, I play it on my turn. It doesn't do anything. We wait. Hopefully I get a chance to activate it. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's put, it one in su- that- put it in suspend. This is why you need to run Urbrask. <laughs> you got to run Urbrask and shoot everything haste immediately. Um, immediately. So I, I think if this was a thing that our playgroup in Kansas City was going to continually do, hey guys, let's keep the partner not partner decks together. It'd be great to play them every once in a while. Um, I mean, it's already hard enough getting our group to play cube because we don't play as often yeah. as we used to. So people are like, I'd rather play the decks I've built than this other stuff. So I think if this deck lived beyond the Twitch stream, I would maybe consider Necromancer. But I think for the stream, it's just probably not going to, it's not going to make, it's not going to make the deck any better. And I don't think it's going to make the deck any worse in a one shot arena. Um, but it's interesting. It's interesting. Hmm. Yeah, that is interesting. Think about it. Think about All it. Right. Just think about it. Think about her. Let's go to our no budget pick. And oh baby. Um also I just realized I'm a bad magic player. I did not put Micaeus in the deck. What a what Oh a yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be really good. Um so I'm gonna be cutting Mindstone. Mainly sure. because it's not giving me colors, and I don't need a mana sink to draw a single card. Most of my mana sinking should be to suspend cards or remove time counters from cards. Um, I don't feel good about it. Trust me. I don't feel good about it. But, Ross, damn you. You had a great idea. (laughs) Damn you. And it plays along the lines of that ultimatum tuck that I play in Johto where it's like, go get three monocolored cards. Oh, right. And basically it's like, pick your poison. You get two, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Uh, So we're talking... Burning Ruin Demon. So, or Burning Rune Demon. Four colorless black black from Call oh, It's a 6-6 right. Demon Berserker. As flying, when it ETBs, you may search your library for exactly two cards not named Burning Rune Demon that have different names. If you do reveal those cards, an opponent chooses one of them, put the chosen card into hand and the other into your graveyard, then shuffle your library. Well, really what this reads is go grab two Eldrazi Titans and... One monster mashes and one goes to hand. But if you have Doom Necromancer, you draw two because then you can immediately pay one, tap Doom Necromancer, and put the other one to the battlefield. Sure, and I could say the same thing with Animate Dead. We're not going yeah, down. Yeah, why not? Run them out. You're running black for God's sakes. Run them all out. 
Jesus. I, this card is sweet, though. I really like this one. Um, th- there's one called like Rune Scarred Demon, where you go tutor one to your hand, which I yep. think this is just better, right? Like if you're playing a card, if you're playing a deck, yeah. you're going to be doing these sort of things on. Um, I love it. I, I think this card's super cool, and I'm hoping now that it's three bucks, I should probably just go pick one up. But and the nice thing is that this will kind of serve as a backup Archaeomancer yes. to an ex- to a big reach of. Uh, a rune scarred demon, man. I really wish I could get those suspend cards back from my graveyard. Okay, this. Let's just pick two monster mashes. I'm getting all of those cards back in my uh, library, anyways. So doesn't really matter to me which Eldrazi you pick. Yep, I'm here for it. All right, Tuck, give us your final cut and add for this disgusting Joyra breaks the mold with Athreos deck. I feel that you chose the wrong one. You chose the wrong big boy. Because you had it lying around. But for the low price of $114, direct deposit me in Venmo, we can solve this problem today. Because I feel that Jin Gataxis Core Arger okay. is not the card that you want. Oh my god, are you going to tell me the new Jin Gataxis? Eight colorless, double blue for legendary creature Friction Praetor. It's got flash. The beginning of your end set, draw seven cards. Each opponent's maximum hand size is reduced by seven. It's a 5-4. So what I'm recommending is that you get the new version, which again, as I made mention, I can sell you right now for $114. Jingataxis Progress Tyrant. I hate both these cards equally. I feel that the latter is something that's going to benefit you more in this deck, and here's why. Five colorless double blue for legendary creature Phyrexian Praetor that's a 5-5. Five, five. When you cast an artifact, instant, or sorcery spell, copy that spell. You may choose new targets for the copy. This ability triggers only once each turn. The reason why that's important is because a lot of the ways that you're going to be cheating out time counters are instants and sorcery. And you already made mention that you have a gazillion artifacts, right? So you're going to get value out of that anyway. You cut it. You cast one instant source. So you suspend something for two. You cast your time winding or whatever. Copy it. It's down two. Then you're off to Joyous Jitterbug, down one. Next turn, suspend counter comes off. Boom. You got your your Kozilek. More importantly, whenever an opponent casts an artifact, instant or sorcery spell, counter that spell, this ability triggers only once each turn. The big issue here is that this costs three less to cast. Jinga Taxis, you are rarely ever going to pay the, what, 10 to get it out? That's a lot of mana. Is it, is it 10 or 9? It's 10. It's uh, 8. Ten. Yeah. Blue, right? So there's a huge difference between... 10 and 7. This is a card that sure. you, this is a card that you can likely cast through your normal play way easier than Jinga Taxis and in my opinion I think this is a better one for the deck. I think it's I know you love I know supplement. you love the original Jinga Taxis. No, I actually I hate it. Oh. Cuz it doesn't give me no maximum hand size, so it's always I draw 7 and discard 7. Um so I'll say this, Progress Tyrant should be in the deck. It does not work in replacement of the OG gen because of the comment I made earlier from other Joyra players I've talked to. The reason I put this gen in the deck is honestly a way to... Oh, just refill your hand? Refill my hand and suspend a bunch of cards because it's like, okay, in step, I drew seven. Ooh, I'm at nine. Do I have four? Nope, I only got two. Let me suspend the best card I have, and then let me discard the worst card I have. And then you now, disc- I will say you discard. Then you discard that one. Then your upkeep. You pay one, tap it, sacrifice two ne- necromancer, and bring that one back out to play. go to hell. <laughs> uh, but I will say I love the get an 
extra copy token of the artifact because this deck is going to be mana hungry. Um, and if I can get extra mana rocks, that's money. The instant sorcery thing, you've talked about that quite a bit today. Honestly, I, I think you might be overvaluing you think so? instants and sorceries in the deck. Yeah. I mean, like, sure, it's cool if I get an extra demonic tutor, an extra vamp well, actually, extra vampiric tutor doesn't even work. Um, oh, yeah. They both go, they both you know, stack up. Yeah. Deflecting SWAT doesn't do anything. Um, Right, the, but, even, the other... but even your, like, getting two um, time craftings, there's another one. But, that... but that's the thing. It's this niche thing. And that, right. that's, that was my point, is you're putting a lot of value on the few instants and sorceries that really push the deck along. The, that's why I cut the Archaeomancer. It's just like, I don't think I'm always going to have this stuff lying around for me to use. Most likely, the stuff's already going to be used by the time, or I haven't gotten to it yet. But I think Progress Tyrant offers enough upside with the stacks effect for my opponents and the extra artifacts. If like, I had a copy, I would totally put it in the deck. Well, I give you $114.29. Go to hell. You're more than welcome to. I'm just saying the, the, the trading lanes are wide open, baby. Come on down. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, guys, thanks for making it until the end of the episode. And if you enjoyed it, be sure to tune in May 2nd, twitch.tv slash Tower to see this deck go up against my fellow host, Big Tuck, great supporter marketing, Ross, and Commander Cookout's very own Brando. Now, if you'd like to get a hold of me and Tuck and our channel, here's how you could do that. You can reach me at Mr. Combo number five on Twitter, all spelled out except for the five. Big Tuck, where could people reach you? Uh, I have, uh, I'm still on the Twitters at big tuck tweeting and, uh, I've, I've, uh, I've given up, I've given up on <laughs> the birthday thing. I, 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 it's too much. It's too much. To go it's okay. I, I, I gave up the, a uh, bit of the, the day of like, you know, it's taco day, nacho day. Oh, yes. I, I did that for like a week and a half and I was like, oh, this is exhausting. But, uh, I did put the big baby bubble cats on the on the Twitter and it got 10 likes. So there you go. Oh, nice. You can reach our main account at CMD Tower on Twitter as well. Uh, we will have the deck list article and our Twitch link posted on the uh, website, cmdtower.com slash BNBE132. Basically type in clock spinning mox tantalite deflecting swat tower com. Now, if you'd like to support our patron community, uh, be able to take part in some of the exciting things that we do, we would love your support. Patreon.com slash Tower. Literally, minimum is a dollar. It can go up from there. Anything that you guys could give to help support our channel, we would really appreciate it. Now, if you're already a member of our patron community and you have a friend or someone that you're trying to uh, guilt or politics into joining, uh, make sure that they let us know when they join. Uh, if they were referred by a community member, we'll absolutely send that referring community member just a little thank you uh, because we think it's important to reward you guys for supporting our channel um, and spreading the good word. Now, we do have a store where we do have foil playmats, tons of token varieties, uh, sweaters, the whole gamut, cmdtower.com slash merch. Uh, also, you will start to see that on eBay and Etsy. So if you guys want to support our channel with some of our amazing merch, uh, please go out and buy it. And we would be remiss to not mention abyssproxyshop.com. Code CMD Tower gets you 10% off your order. CMD Tower gets a little kickback from the supplier. Uh, you know, you guys have been awesome. You know, we were around for like a week or two at the end of February. Uh, obviously, we didn't expect a ton in March. You guys really came out, uh, did 10 times the amount of sales that we did in that first week or two. Uh, would love to see some growth again in the month of April. So if you guys are looking for a playtest card, custom artwork, something you want to even gift your friends, uh, it's something that I did for many, many years with my friend group here in town. Uh, 
abyssproxyshop.com. They can hook you up. Just make sure to use code CMD Tower. So big tuck, Joyra breaks the mold with Athrios. Premiering May 2nd, 2022 at 8.30 Eastern Standard Time. Is this deck going to make you never want to do a theme Twitch stream again? Uh, look, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, that, that ship has already sailed. But, no, I I am in, I, I only got to look curse. I, I have not built my deck yet. Um, I feel like the deck I'm going to build, intention is not going to be to win. Uh, I feel like it's going to be to annoy. So I'm interested to see how this goes. Because I, Joyra on her own... In this sort of build, the big creatures, the legendaries, and that sort of thing, it's really easy to be like you suspend turn three, suspend. Okay, I'm out, I'm out to the races. Suspend Blightsteel Colossus. The entire table. Yeah. No, you will not play a removal. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I think like I think you have enough support in here to make it work. Um, I do like the Athreos, uh, the angle of it. I, I think that opens up a lot of different options, especially when it comes to, like removal and interaction, that sort of thing. So it's interesting. Um, and it is, it is a deck like it is you, it is, it is a, you deck through and through. So, um, I'm hoping the deck that I'm going to build is going to be a me one through and through, but I mean, you haven't played this yet. You've gone through a few hands here and there. Like, how are you feeling about this as your first sort of take into this? Oh man. Um, in my goldfishing, it's weird. Um, I'm never struggling to, I guess play cards where I actually struggle is suspend counters. <laughs> it's actually just trying to have enough cards in hand to do things with. I mean, genuinely I and my few gold, gold, uh, gold fishing. I have gotten to the point where it's like, I just have lands and suspend counter things in hand. I got nothing else. Interesting. And it's like, I've already cast Joyra. I've already cast Athreos. What do I do? Um, so, that has been a big, big issue for me. Um, so I'll be interested. I mean, I do think this deck will be the target one turns one through five because I think the commanders inherently are right. scary enough. And I already know what Marketing Ross is doing. Um, I know who Brando is. You're the one I have no clue because <laughs> you have this perception of yourself that you're not like this degenerate uh, and you think you don't build degenerate decks, but then you actually do build degenerate decks. So I'm curious <laughs> to see, do you actually just build a Tuck deck or do you literally go out of your way to be like, no, fuck you. I'm not degenerate. I'm the, my deck sucks. And it's just like all terramorphic expanses. I have no idea. <laughs> so I'm very intrigued by what you're going to do. But I think this deck it has the resiliency to withstand that turn one through five yeah. where the table does the proper threat assessment. Okay, we're all kind of doing weird stuff. It's just my deck. I'm doing more of a traditional battle cruiser. We're just doing it in a different way. Um, yeah. And I think this deck will really be resilient late game. I, I, I think late game, if we make it turn 12, It'll be hard to deal with this deck. Uh, well, I mean, my plan is to build this on Sunday, and I may or may not be concussed, or I may or may not be extremely hungover. So, who's to say? <laughs> Could be anything. Could be anything. And with that, bye! No, there go my headphones! <laughs> What'd you swing them off too hard? <laughs>